Hello, everybody. Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. So many headlines to cover today. So I split them up into 10 big categories of news. Let's just dive right in. Topic number one. First up, Lawn Overdue poll results. Let's see what you picked for Sun Show of the Summer. And remember, if you want to contribute both in step one, where you actually pick the final nominations to vote for, and just have your vote in general count more, make sure you're a paying subscriber, 17karatkpop.substack.com. But everyone gets a vote if you're a free subscriber. So still sign up for votes. I would like to do this more often. Sign up today. Now let's get to who you picked. Here were your nominees for Tour of the Summer. And I eliminated some because I wanted to be super specific to summer. So you could say, well, actually, about like Mamamoo, their tour ended early June in the US. Or you could argue for a late August tour still counts, even September tours. But I really wanted to focus on the summer months. So I stuck to nominations for tours that were focused on June, July, August. The nominees then were Espa, Bayangook, Gravity, G Idol, Card, Tribe, and Twice. Out of those, personally, I would have picked Twice. That is not how you voted, although I'm not super surprised how you did vote. Third place, Tribe. Second place, Gravity. Tied for best tour of the summer, G Idol and Card. I'm pretty okay with this. Those were some pretty good tours. You can't go wrong. As for your picks for Sauna the Summer, this you could pick up to five different options when voting. So I'll tell you a top five most voted for songs of the summer. Again, I tried to really be picky about what could be nominated in the first place because I wanted it to be summer focused. So I narrowed down from nominations quite a bit, but there are just way too many still that were options to list them all now. So there were tons. Your pick for fifth place, Cake by Itzy. There was a tie for fourth place, Cream Soda by XO and Bouncy by 80s. Third place, S Class by Stray Kids. Second place, Jun Somi's Fast Forward. And first place, kind of a delightful surprise, Stan, this under the radar still girl group, Kiss of Life with Shush. Not super surprised by anything but Kiss of Life. My personal picks out of the nominations, though, I didn't vote, but I would have voted for Seven by Jungkook featuring Lotto, Super Shy by New Jeans, Summer Comes by Oh My Girl, Shalala by Taeyeon, and probably Do It Like That by TXT. Those songs to me are the five that really just summarize Summer 2023 in K-pop. That was what was poppin', slash, who was really shining solo, Taeyeon, Jungkook, slash, who was just setting new trends or doing memorable things for the K-pop canon. I know, I get really deep about this. It's just a poll. I'm sure people just voted for personal favorites, but I try to be pretty objective. Anyway, so Son of the Summer, congrats to Kiss of Life's shh son. <laughs> And congrats to Card and G-Idol for Tour of the Summer. They would actually be really cool together on a stage or on a tour or song or something. Soyeon with Jiwoo, that would be so cool. Let's move on to what's decidedly not cool, to say the least. There are some big concerning 50-50 updates. The girl group 50-50 still in a legal dispute with Attract, A-T-T-R-A-K-T, the company that they've tried to get out of. We follow the twists and turns of this story in past episodes. The main detail that sums up the background that you need to know just to understand the rest of this is that they've been mistreated, filed an injunction request, 
to basically null and void their contracts. And in August, a court ruled against them, said, no, we will not null and void the contracts. In response, the 50-50 official fan union boycott commenced. So mid-September, they officially decided they weren't going to stream their songs, watch their videos, even follow Attract on social media. Anything affiliated with Attract specifically, they were not going to give engagement or attention. So then Attract filed a compensation claim, claiming that their group they were partnering with, the Givers, owed them money. So they filed the claim not because of the fan union boycott, but it's just interesting timing to legally seek a financial reward when you might have been hurt financially by them. Just a thought that could have been a small factor in this dispute, but Attract and the Givers have not been on good terms for quite a while, too. And the claim was for a billion won, which is equal to like 736,000. They claim the givers violated their contract, caused damage to their assets, their valuation, business opportunities were therefore lost, caused by, quote, breach of duty and embezzlement, unquote. They also hope to go to trial fully and actually raise the amount of damages as more evidence is shown. So 1 billion won is their starting line. Oddly, despite all this, plans are still a go on schedule for debuting that new girl group in the first half of next year. In fact, maybe they sped up that timeline, hoping to get some more good press and financial support by doing so. The head producer, The Givers, signed a contract with Attract to help them produce girl groups only in 2021. And it's a five-year contract, so he still has some years left in it. And being kind of smack dab in the middle of that contract period kind of complicates things. The latest was a mid-October update. 5050 have been making these from their personal socials. They talked about being not just mistreated by a tract, to the point where one of them actually got a kidney issue and didn't have surgery fast enough, really, so her cancer risk went up because they wouldn't let her schedule the surgery for the recommended January date. Instead, they finally granted permission for her to go on a break for surgery in April. So life-threatening negligence here. But they also say they have been hounded by a tract supporters. Yeah, apparently there are attract stands out there who have stalked them, basically followed them around and called them, banged on the doors, etc. They are not left alone. So, the members have appealed the court's decision to not void their contracts. But one member, Kina, got new legal representation, who I guess advised her differently because she became the only member to withdraw that appeal. Look, my minor was criminal justice, not my major. It would be out of my league to really get into the weeds of why she withdrew and they didn't, who's like more likely to benefit legally by those choices. I will just say though, I have the sense this appeal attempt will not really happen. Not because they're lying, but because of proof in court. Like, it's one thing to say this agency mistreated us or neglected us. It's another to show physical proof of that. I suppose medical records should things progress and get worse, but that's a hypothetical. Like, I don't know if she could say, hey, I had a life-threatening diagnosis as a result of negligence. She can't say that preemptively. Like, a company could risk their artist's health, but before the artist's health actually is, the risk is realized as true. I don't know how much you can prove in court. So I'm not sure they would meet that burden of proof to show the terms of our contract should be deemed broken irreparably. I don't know, but Attract 
busy fighting in court the givers too so maybe they would want to settle just to get this other lawsuit out of the picture so they can focus on the givers who probably have more to give them if the court rules in their favor like the givers could financially compensate them more than 50 50 could i don't know it's all very troubling i wish the best for them i hope another company scoops him up probably not though in this moment especially now apparently knowing attract has stands who are really intense so I don't know how this ends, but I really hope for peace and healing, especially for these girls. They are all so young, so ready to have their dream come true, and these business disputes are trampling on that. More concerning news, although I guess it has a silver lining. I will not go into detail, but trigger warning for a mention again of this Johnny Kitagawa sexual assault case. So Johnny Kitagawa, as we talked about on past episodes, his long history of abusing the boys from his agency. He died a couple years ago, but even still, people have been really fearful to speak out against the company, who used to have the monopoly power in J-pop. It's a bit more broken up in different companies now. So the power doesn't lie with Johnny's and Associates, the company, as it used to. But they're an intimidating force still, with a lot of old school leaders still on board. But they announced a big change at an October 2nd press conference. The day will go down in J-pop history as when they said Johnny's and Associates is now splitting in two. There's so much very interesting about this announcement, first of all being that apparently the original intent was to just issue a written statement. Then they changed it to this full press conference format. That became one of the main speaker's second public appearance, just the second in his CEO role. Suspicions about what this press conference would entail were confirmed. They decided to split up so Johnny's and Associates is just half of the company. The other half is now called Smile Up, and Smile Up will be focused on victim compensation, a compensation process they hope to start this November. It sounds like they don't know what name the other company will be that's not Smile Up, like it won't be Johnny's and Associates anymore, so they're asking fan clubs to pitch in ideas. I will focus on what the victims have said, but I really quick just have to say, Smile Up is the name of your victim compensation process? Just to an outside observer, that to me feels like a slap in the face. I can't even imagine. And the total stood at 478 victims as of the end of September 2023. So that's just who came forward, 478. 325 of them seek compensation. The plan is for Smile Up to just dissolve when the compensation process is over. So it's here, it'll compensate everyone who sought that compensation, then it will just shudder. The group JSAVA, Johnny Sexual Assault Victims Association, criticized this plan and said they should not do this, they should truly show repentance and fully just discontinue operating and just fully just transfer their whole roster to a new company with zero ties to the old ones. One member also said calling that company Smile Up is like, quote, asking people to wear white to a funeral, unquote. Word has kind of been out about Kitagawa for a long time, but it was officially not an open secret, but like not a secret at all, officially I guess you could say, earlier this year because of a documentary. 
And in response to that, brands were finally like, we can't look the other way. We will cut ties if you don't do something. So presumably they set up this fund to satisfy advertisers who threatened to cut ties. So this plan has not really been met with praise. It's viewed as kind of sidestepping accountability by kind of just siphoning this responsibility to a separate entity. Meanwhile, everything is normal, business as usual, with the other half of this company. Kitagawa's niece took over after his death, but she did resign early September, after the summer of scandal, and she was replaced with a loyal group member who was with them since 1979, and has also faced accusations, assault accusations, to which she responded, quote, I don't remember clearly. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. I have trouble remembering, unquote. There's no good transition, so let's just plow ahead. As always, my thoughts and prayers are with these victims, and I really hope they get a sense of healing, even from these, in my opinion, half-hearted efforts. Now, Rain, the Korean artist Rain, has been accused of a scam that is quite interesting. There are two main people who get mixed up in the story. There's the YouTuber, Gu Jaeok, and then there's the person who actually filed the complaint against Rain. That's Mr. A. That's what he's dubbed in the documents. So the YouTuber who brought attention to this accused real estate scam is not the same person as the one who filed the suit. Just being clear about that. The complaint was actually filed this summer, but the recent YouTube posting is what made people start buzzing about it now. He said he basically exposed this dishonest real estate sale that Mr. A was suing because he bought property from Rain that obviously did not at all match the description and pictures. And he was mad that he couldn't see it in person to prove it. So he bought it, showed up, turns out even things like the swimming pool proved to be non-existent. Rain Company officially issued a statement basically blaming Mr. A for getting into this in the first place. Quote, the fact that someone would buy a multi-billion won house from just its photos is entirely illogical. The buyer's claims are very distant from the facts, as well as common sense, unquote. Basically, they're like only an idiot would buy this place without looking first. But he says you wouldn't let me visit in person. To which they said, well, that's because Rain is a celebrity. He doesn't want people coming to his house. Doesn't trust that. Yet he put his address on the market for this property, so that confused me. If privacy was the concern, they already know where he lives. But anyway, so both I find odd. Both that this property apparently was so mischaracterized and the fact someone bought it without really putting up a fight to see it in person. It's very strange. We'll keep you posted. More lawsuits. This one against Yoo Jun Won, formerly of Fantasy Boys. Exports Korea reported in mid-September that Funky Studio, which produces Boys Planet, which gave us the group Fantasy Boys, that production studio told that outlet they are suing for 3 billion, with a B, won, saying, quote, he has not agreed with anything. It seems like he had no will to work from the beginning, unquote. Basically, they said it was heavily implied if you were going to be on the show and win, you were going to be a member of the final group. And they argue his apparent disinterest in group contributions after winning is against their terms. 
Meanwhile, his legal team argues they haven't signed a deal with Funky Studio, not due to disinterest in him pursuing music or being in the group, but a lack of trust toward the studio specifically. The group did debut as planned, despite the drama, with 11 members, not including him. Then there's even more legal trouble for G.O.D. member Kim Tae-woo. Now this is very delayed because this started in March 2018. He just confessed now. It's been so long, the agency issuing the confirmation and apology is different from the agency he was under at the time who were kind of complicit and actually encouraged the idea, brought it up to him. So he illegally used an ambulance to get to a performance venue faster to avoid traffic by just using an ambulance for a non-emergency. The event organizer on staff paid the fee to a private ambulance driver, over $200 in a USD equivalent, for one ride, which I have many questions about that are beside the point. The prosecution actually just sought financial compensation, that $200 plus back. They didn't want him to be jailed or anything, which he was not. The driver, though, was sentenced to one and a half years and fined over $1.4,000 in USD. I honestly don't know how I feel about that incident. Like, if someone pays for illegally doing something and the person they pay does it, I guess it makes sense that the person then gets a harsher punishment. It just seems strange to me that the person who was behind the whole idea and might have been coercive about it, there's the power dynamic of fame, too, to consider when saying yes or no to what they're saying. I don't know, maybe he should get more of the blame. Maybe not, maybe not more than the driver, but more than he gets, I don't know. Just seems like an odd contrast in punishments. Just my take. Let's get to some lighter fare. Let's just talk K-pop globally right now, being all the rage. Trends recently attended a lecture at Yale. Yeah, October 10th, they met with the class behind Race and Place in British New Wave, K-pop, and Beyond, a course taught by Grace Cow. Plus Time's 2023 Next Generation Leaders List includes New Jeans and Stray Kids. Billboard announced the songs of the summer globally, and 5050's Cupid got 7th place. Beating Miley Cyrus's Flowers was number 1, 7, by Jungkook and Lotto. KCON Saudi Arabia happened again, with 23,000 people showing up for the two-day event plus 3.5 million tuned in virtually from about 170 countries. I would keep your eyes on Saudi Arabia and K-pop connecting, because ever since SM Entertainment got involved, showed interest in contributing to their attempts to focus more on pop culture reputation boosts, I have a feeling other K-pop-themed organizations might follow suit. In a very unexpected move, Winter from Espa became the 2024 ambassador for the Busan World Table Tennis Championships. In London, there was going to be a massive K-pop show that was canceled due to, quote, unavoidable local circumstances, unquote. I wish I knew more about the behind the scenes about that. I wonder if it was a poor ticket sale thing. It often is when they cite something to the effect of unforeseen circumstances. If you live in Europe, feel free to correct me, but I'm pretty sure K-pop is quite popular throughout Europe, so I do think this is a one-off. Don't read too much into it as a sign they're not big fans there. From Saudi Arabia to London, now California, where Mr. Bang, Bang Sihyuk from HYBE, now resides, part-time at least. 
He had a recent video talk with Bloomberg about his view of the future of K-pop. I'll link to the full thing on my site and in my newsletter, but I will save you some time and summarize now, because frankly, if you've heard his other interviews about his vision for HYBE, artist autonomy, etc., this was not surprising. There were some very interesting anecdotes, but bombshells, not really. He's kind of an open book. We know where he stands. Interesting, though, that he did mention he now owns a mansion in California because he thought putting roots down in the U.S. would help meet more people in the industry. And he really did throughout this interview keep stressing how concerned he is that K-pop popularity in Asia has peaked already. He has kept describing K-pop on the rise in other countries not matching the trend in Asia which is why he's so focused on this new Western group created under the K-pop model and more just Western media ties. He thinks the U.S. is where the growth is right now, and he's very prioritizing where he can grow. Other interesting reveals. He said he's still very confident in Scooter Braun's leadership. His commitment to him remains unwavering, and he declined to say anything, calling it inappropriate to comment on when it comes to Ariana, Justin Bieber, the other A-tier artists who recently parted with Scooter. He refused to answer the question about, will you work with them in any future capacity? He used the word pain when talking about what always happens with the BTS contract renewal process, that it is a difficult discussion. But he also said each time they revisit that sort of topic, he feels like he gets to know them even better at a deeper level and that they just get on the same page and work it out together. He continued his usual commentary about the need to let stars just tell authentic stories and the money will follow if you trust them. And I found it interesting that when asked about what major differences he's seen between the Western and Asian pop worlds, he said it seems like Western pop artists have less creative freedom and less autonomy in the business side of things. K-pop artists have more input into that than Western artists? That I didn't expect to hear. If that's true, that is very telling about the Western music industry contracts Usually I'm not this gossipy, but I would kind of love if he was kind of gossipy for the day and elaborated on what he's seen and heard. But anyway, so K-pop's global footprint keeps on going strong, especially in the USA, and that is by design. That is intentional. They're going where they see growth, which is everywhere that's not Asia, where he worries about that never getting the same excitement again, being re-energized again. And I don't know if I believe that or not. Listeners in Asia always feel free free to message me. Let me know what the hype or lack thereof is like there right now. Is there something different in the air compared to what it used to be? Very curious. Another global move from HYBE-affiliated artists. Lay Seraphim are having a first-of-its-kind in-game partnership with Overwatch 2. Blizzard Entertainment just announced this in-game collaboration. So the release schedule as of recording time, the Perfect Night single and video comes out October 26th. October 30th, more info comes out about the Lay Seraphim themed game editions, which will become available in the game November 1st. Then November 4th, they'll perform at BlizzCon, a Blizzard Entertainment event in Anaheim, after the Community Night event. Next topic, fandom name announcements. Eli's Up announced their fandom name, Eli's You, so basically the band name, but without the P at the end. Kiss of Life, also of a fandom name, Kissy. Okay, I think that's pretty cute. 
and then Rise announced Suns, like S-U-N-Z, but changed it to Breeze, B-R-I-I-Z-E. I'll be honest about my ignorance. I thought Suns was cute and didn't see an issue, but people pointed out there's kind of a history of the Rising Sun terminology, that Rising Sun flag was used in colonial era rule, that was a nerve they struck, so upon further discussion, they changed it. Interestingly, After Suns was selected by fan votes, but I'm glad they listened to Japanese fans. Let's move on. Topic 8, Award Show and Programming Updates. At the Weibo Music Awards, winners include several NCT members, including Runjin, Chunla, Kun, and Xiaojun. Winners at the Brand of the Year Awards include Ive, Seventeen, Jisoo, Lim Yeonwoon, Forestella, Boy Next Door, IU. I could go on and on. If you want a specific category clarified, let me know. I'll give them a shout out in the future. Some of the artists who won at the FACT Music Awards, ATs, Espa, Ive, New Jeans, Stray Kids, Lim Yeonwoon, and Mix, Treasure, Kwon Unbi, Jimin, Zykers, Boy Next Door, The grand prize went to 17. Then there are the VMAs, where Stray Kids performed S-Class. And TXT performed Back for More. They also won an award for their push performance of Sugar Rush Ride. And they cheered for Stray Kids when Stray Kids won Best K-Pop. Love to see it. Song of the Summer went to 7 by Jungkook, and Blackpink won Best Choreography for Pink Venom, and Group of the Year, the first girl group to win since 1999 when TLC won. Actually though, what's weird is that award wasn't given out at all for 10 years. So 1989, TLC won, 2008-2018, to no one won, and now Blackpink. Speaking of them, their world tour is officially the highest grossing tour by an Asian act in history for 68 shows and well over $260,590,000. N-Hyphen Sunhoon won the Idol Champ Artist Award at the Seoul International Drama Awards. There is a music core, MC Switch Up, Jenwoo and Lee Woo leaving positions, Lee Junha and Yunhoon replacing them. Day Sun will appear on a trot competition show, Living Legend, that's literally the name of the show. A new BuzzFeed puppy interviews here with Wei V. Chun Ha is the new DJ for the radio show Volume Up. J-Rock icon Yoshiki was the first Japanese artist to get, quote, immortalized in cement, unquote, at the Chinese theater with a public celebration held in mid-September. Jimin has a new Weverse Only docuseries, Jimin's Production Diary, out November 23rd. Epex are ambassadors for a Japanese pro dance competition, D-League, which starts October 29th. Topic 9, Big Agency-Related Updates. Big change for Dobbin, previously called DPR Live. He is officially stepping back from the DPR branding to start a new agency. This is called CTYL, and Dobbin said he'll leave the door open. He might go back to a DPR moniker sometime in the future. But for now, he wants to try people getting to know him under his real name, Han Dobbin. He's been known as DPR Live since 2017, and he was ready for a change, which he announced during a live stream October 9th. The whole DPR team gave him their blessings and had some really sweet things to say on social media in response. Super supportive, and I do agree and wish him the best. And will remind him he is indeed always welcome back into the fold. Not that it's up to me, but you know. SM Entertainment artists have officially joined Weverse. Renta left the group TO1. 
Lowun left the group SF9. Five Pentagon members left Cube Entertainment, but they all indicated interest in still promoting with the full group. Jay Park's new agency, More Vision, is really shaping up. Its roster now has Jessie and Chunha, who did launch new socials, by the way, to go with her fresh start. A moment to cry first for the Baron Rare Part 2 album, probably never seen the light of day. G-Dragon officially, finally, is no longer with YG Entertainment, and reportedly signed with Warner Music for his next chapter. Besides J-Park's More Vision, another agency to keep your eyes on is United Artists Production, UAP, which now has former NMIX member Jenny and Nancy from Momoland. It's actually now called ATOC, but sometimes you might still see the old branding, UAP. Alexander and Eli joined some fellow UKIS members at Tango Music. AJ is apparently also open to future UKIS promo. Lastly, it is official, BTS have yet again renewed their contracts with Hyde, with an interestingly worded announcement that made it sound just kind of in perpetuity. They could have framed it like that just to get reporters to stop asking that question forever, like, hey, baseline assumption, just make it that this contract is ongoing forever. But they did make it sound that way, like they renewed it from 2025 onwards, no end date. To thank ARMY for our role in their success, time to blush, Big Hit Music donated a billion Korean won to the Korean Committee for UNICEF and BTS's Love Myself campaign. Topic number 10, fashion deals, because K-pop stars continue to be so A-list in that space. Jenny Kim made it on the top 50 woman in power list from Women's Wear Daily for 2023. A single post she made about a fashion capsule collaboration, one post about it, topped $2.1 million in media impact value. While that campaign for the brand generated $6.8 million of media impact value. The media impact value gauged from her time at Paris Fashion Week, affiliating with those brands, $4.5 million. 17% of that total value from Chanel's show. So many other stars lit up Fashion Month this year. Paris Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week, London Fashion Week, etc. Hanjun from ATs, Giselle from Espa, Taeyeon from Girls' Generation, Yuna too, members of TWICE, Blackpink, Jun Somi, Eric Nam, Tiffany Yun, even some rookies like Yorchin Han from the new boy group POW. Speaking of A-list K-pop artists and fashion collabs, Lei Seraphim are new Louis Vuitton house ambassadors. Twice's Sana now reps Prada. Doyeon is now a Dolce & Gabbana global ambassador. And Espa teamed up to release special Crocs. Croc clogs. I love the Espa part of that. I'm gonna go super fast, so buckle up. Rapid fire round of more updates. Jen Somi threw out the first pitch at a Mets game. Jay Seth from Card threw out the first pitch at a Minnesota Twins game. Super Junior members Liu Wook and Yoonhuk join social media as soloists. NCT New Team also has official socials now. New enlistments Dawn, Suga, former DKZ member Kyunyoon, and Forestella's Kim Woo-Rim. Some of those are happening soon as of recording time, not yet, but those are the fall enlistments we know about. Meanwhile, P.O. from Block B was discharged near the end of September. New Blackpink Funkos are here with their shutdown music video looks. Zero Base One unveiled their light stick, as did BB Girls, adding to the Brave Girls reinvention. 
and hyphen have a new video performance of bite me on the kelly clarkson youtube channel that came out october 18th if you're wondering why so late remember all summer those kind of shows were on hiatus because the writer's strike so a big platform to promote music wasn't there so that's my question of the day. Belatedly, what song from the summer, from May to September, do you want artists to belatedly promote now? What should we give a do promo cycle? BTS's yet-to-come concert movie from Busan will be available to stream November 9th, globally via Amazon Prime. Dio will leave SM Entertainment in November when that contract expires, but he plans to stay a part of EXO. Congrats to John Park, who is now a dad, as is You Kisses Hoon, soon expecting his first child, with Girls' Day member Huang Jisoon. Lee Suji from The Ark is getting married this month. Another new bride is Hayan from Laboom. She's pregnant and getting married in November. Lots of artists as of recording time are on health-related hiatuses, some for the flu, other illness, some for injuries, yikes. Itsy's Leah, Moonsua from Billy, Cheyun from Twice, Doha from Ensign, Yesa from Kepler, some members of Le Seraphim, and members of Stray Kids, although they still have a comeback next month, apparently not affected by the injury sustained in a minor car accident recently. Really hope they're not being forced back into this comeback before they feel physically ready. Speaking of Stray Kids, they keep on breaking their own records, and now they are officially million sellers in Japan for the first time, thanks to Social Path. With Layover, V became the highest first-day album seller in Hanteo chart history, and the first solo artist to become a double million seller in Hanteo's history. Artists who are really beating themselves when it comes to sales are High Key. Their latest album, compared to the last one, has an increase tenfold in sales. And Boy Next Door's sophomore release more than quadrupled the sales from their debut record. Seven by Jungkook featuring Lotto is the fastest song, period, to reach 900 million Spotify streams. And Lisa's song, Money, is the first ever K-pop solo song to surpass 1 billion. Lastly, rookie boy group Phenomenon, Zero Base One, are already double million sellers thanks to Youth in the Shade. Now before I go, I do want to acknowledge what's going on in the world, and I don't have a really detailed PSA to give you, except I want to remind you there's just so much in the discourse that's troubling, so I really hope before you post, before you say something, you remember a couple things. One is that any victim of a terror attack is indeed a victim, and our thoughts and prayers should be with them and other innocent civilians. Two, people are not their government. Cannot stress that enough. There are a lot of people in every country who have very different ways of life and views very different values from the people in charge. So to conflate them with specific people in charge, always wrong. So violence is wrong. The people you assume must endorse the violence might not. And as much as it is important to consider background context for any fight, what led up to an incident, that context does not at all negate from, again, innocent people suffering. To be specific and clear, I hope the Desa Palestinians make you upset and hope for better living conditions for those people in Gaza who do not share Hamas's violent vision. Likewise, I hope you also grieve for Israeli 
Israeli citizens who have been attacked and kidnapped. And both can be true at once. There can be victims in Palestine and Israel. There can be justified anger that causes people to lash out. That form of lashing out must never take the form of a terrorist attack. So many innocent lives lost. And it's a complicated issue, but you just gotta say that is wrong and draw that line. And pray for everyone involved. Please remember people are not their government. Think about the innocent people caught in power disputes. And also just remember the consequences of being too high and mighty, thinking you figured out a complex issue. Like, if your sense of moral superiority is so high that you don't grieve no matter what for the recent stabbing death of a six-year-old Palestinian in my home state just because he was Palestinian, if that doesn't break you, then I don't know what to tell you. There are certain things, hateful forces that have been activated. It's really scary. It's a Pandora's box effect. But we can't let it, so whenever you feel defensive, like, violence is justified, please remember that little boy in other innocent casualties. Acknowledging that does not mean you stand with the mistreatment of the angered people. So please give that conversation the nuance and care it deserves. Always center the innocent people. Think about it from their point of view. And if you still don't know what to say, just say you grieve for anyone dead and their loved ones. That's all I have to say about that. Please stay aware of what's happening and don't post or talk before you really think about who's going to see it and how it will affect them. That's all I'll say. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye everybody.